Here we are again on that uh, roller coaster. Jay, at some point, can we maybe play Ohio Players Love Roller Coaster? Of course. Coaster? Yeah, I got you. Because that's that's where we've been so often this year. I think it was last Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Drapes uh, started the show out at uh, the arena again before the Charlotte game, and he said, we can't be on the roller coaster anymore. And it was just wishful thinking because here we are. And he was back on it last night after the game. If you saw him on NBC Sports California, he was mad again. And he's supposed to join us here. He fell apart, Whitey. He, uh, and poor Mike Bibby. You know, I was like, <laughs> 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 you're very professional, Mike Bibby. But I'm very upset right now. So Drape's on the road with the team. But he is supposed to be joining us here uh, this, <laughs> this hour. So it's just the nature of this team. Uh, we did get, you know, a really exciting brush with – uh, a big-time deal on Friday when the reports were swirling that the Kings were up to something with the Raptors, Raptors in town, and it turns out nothing happened. Really curious. The reports came out that the Kings and the Raptors, as you know, because we went over it, uh, they were um, the Raptors were ramping up talks was what was reported. Then, before the game even tipped off, report came out that the Kings have withdrawn from talks. Here was a Shams today. Shams was on. Yeah, Shams, I believe, was on a Toronto TV station, and he had something interesting to say about this. But um, it's hard to tell exactly how close this actually came to happening. You hear a number of things. You hear that um, Siakam didn't want to go and didn't offer the types of assurances the Kings wanted. You also hear, and I don't know how much of this is fact, how much of this is informed speculation, frankly, and how much is just speculation. Also heard that uh, Monk's name came up. And if once Monk's name came up, the Kings uh, were not happy uh, to continue the conversations. Um, also heard the Kings just didn't want to, well, they, weren't, they didn't want to pay Siakam as much as he was going to want, which is hard to believe because otherwise they wouldn't have engaged them in the conversations. Bottom line, it doesn't look like Siakam is coming to the Kings. It sure felt like something uh, was up. And apparently they were talking I don't know, Jay, were you excited about that? Did Siakam, the possibility, do anything for you? I, I think I got, like, I let my heart get the better of my head. I was excited about it Friday. I can see why, because the talent, and you got to see him in front of you. He was right there. It's like yeah. a new shiny car you're yeah. thinking you're going to get. Ooh. Yeah, I, I could see that. I like Siakam. I don't think he's the answer to a lot of things that the Kings need, but I think he's what you're saying is talent. He brings way more talent than I think hopefully you would have to give up. And, of course, some of those picks, we don't know what that transition to down the road, but I think he is a talented player. For me, he doesn't do it. I don't think you can – he changes the trajectory of the Kings. That's just my opinion. I do think he's a talented guy, though. Yeah, it would have been very, very risky because I was assuming that the odds were you probably weren't going to re-sign him, that either he wouldn't want to come here, which, again, is one of the things being said about that was ultimately what it came down to. Um, I was I was thinking, hey, if I'm the Kings, I'm willing to take that gamble, but ultimately they weren't. So they still need to do something here. Uh, but we do have some comments that we'll get to from – from Shams on what exactly uh, went down. You get a little bit of mixed signals on this. Who actually bailed out? You know, the the first reports that came out, and Kyle Draper pointed this out, first reports we heard Friday about the Raptors and Kings ramping up talks that appeared to be coming from Toronto's camp. Next thing you know, looked like the Kings were the ones saying uh, the Kings have backed out. Here was Shams today on how the Pascal Siakam talks between the two clubs may have unraveled. I'm told the Raptors and Kings were in active conversations about a Pascal Siakam trade last week. But for the Kings, two things 
two factors have been important. Hmm. One, the timeliness of a deal. They want to get a deal. If, they, if it were to get done sooner rather than, la than later, they want to get their team as a whole and really build chemistry and build, if, if Pascal Siakam, they were able to land him. And the other thing is also the framework of a deal. There's a package that they want to give to Toronto potentially, revolving around for I'm told, Harrison Barnes. And they don't want that framework to change. The Raptors have had multiple offers around the league. And from the Kings side, they, they've had a gaining interest in Siakam. If you can bring him into a big three that has DeMontis Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, you have Pascal Siakam, you have three guys that have been all-stars. I mean, that's a pretty good big three. But this deal needed to happen quickly. And when it didn't, I'm told Toronto was informed from Sacramento hmm. that they are out. They're not involved right now. Damn. But these things can be fluid. <laughs> We're a month out from the trade deadline. At this point, I'm told the only way it really ignites is if Toronto comes back to Sacramento to re-engage. The one thing to remember as well is Pascal Siakam is, is going to be a free agent in the offseason unless he signs an extension with the Raptors. And his free agency, will he re-sign with that team? Will he commit to a team long-term when he's traded? Like a team like Sacramento or wherever. Yeah. We, Dallas, Atlanta, Indiana, all teams interested in Pascal Siakam. But if you're going to trade for a guy like that, give him multiple assets, multiple rotation players, you want to know where you stand in the summer. And so these are this is a complex situation. Uh, okay, Reading between the lines there, the Kings backed out, said Shams. The Kings said, nope, we're out. He also said the only way it reignites is if Toronto comes back to Sacramento. So if that's true, the mm. Kings said, nope, we're out, and it only happens again if Toronto comes back to the Kings. That means that the Kings made some kind of offer that Toronto said, nope, we don't want to do that, and the Kings said, all right, forget it. So the only way it happens is if Toronto circles back and goes, okay, maybe we're open to that, which seems unlikely, especially if the deal – Revolves around Barnes. Harrison Barnes. Come on, man. Y'all got to be real. Look, I take I'm sure there's more to it than that. I take three three things from the whole Pascal Siakam over the last 72 hours and Shams reporting the last three things that he's reported. First thing is first. Totally agree. The Raptors, Masai Ujiri, and their camp put this out on Friday, which Drape said. Yeah. Got to give him love on that. Yes. I agree with them on Friday. I think that's spot on. This was a Raptors thing. They threw that out there because I believe seeing what they got for OG, you're probably not getting that for Pascal right now because now people are like, oh, okay, you got two good players, but no picks really, nothing in there. I'm going to try to lowball you. I think that's what's really happening, and Toronto is trying to up the ante. The second part of it is, is someone said this Friday, and I, I believe it was a caller and or a texter or YouTuber, and you guys agree. Monty does a lot of things in stealth. I know mm -hmm. uh, out Styles and Watkins, they talked about it. He does a lot of things in stealth. And when you come out and put a report out there where it's like, oh, yeah, Sacramento's interested, I think he's, he's like, you know what? Somebody right now, call them. Let's let's nix that in the bud. Yeah. Like bring right. that back down. Right. Because now people know we're moving and grooving with shakers at the at the deadline and all that. Like, look, I know you know, but we don't need the public to know. Mm -hmm. Cut it down. That's the second part. And the third part is just what you said. If Monty McNair, Paul Johnson, the front office of the Kings, Wes Wilcox, anybody that believes Harrison Barnes is gonna get the job done with Pascal Siakam, is a problem. Yeah, I'm sure there was more there, but uh, yeah, it seems to boil down. Of course, down there's to, more yeah, there. Yeah, of course, of course. Seems to boil down to Toronto, like not being crazy about the offer, 
trying to nudge things forward. Would you, Whitey, would you be, if, if I picked up the cell, if I hit you with a quick text like, bam, 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 man, I'll holler at your boy real quick, Whitey, man, you know I want to conversate with you. And then you pick up the phone and you massage Jerry and you're like, you know what, big time, this your boy Double M, Monty McNair, man. Everything cool up there. Glad we just, we about to play y'all on Friday. Everything is good. I'd want to get a real up close and personal look with Pascal. Can we send somebody over to have a conversation with him or whatever? Okay, whatever the case may be on the under, we, even though we're not supposed to tamper. Oh, by the way, okay, yeah, for sure, Monty, what you thinking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about starting something. Let's go with the ultimate professional Harrison Barnes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Monty, is there something else you want to say? Yeah, well, that's kind of where I want to start with Harrison. Right. And then, you know, we got some pick. Like, if that's the first thing that leads off and you're Masai Ujiri, uh-huh. nothing against Harrison. But, I mean, we're talking about an all-star versus nothing. Right. Especially when you know the deadline is still coming. Come on. And they're, and they're going to – teams are going to make better offers right at the deadline. And so, if you're going to get Toronto to do something now, you got to wow them, right? you got to, hey, I'm going to make you an offer so good that it's not even worth it for you to wait till the deadline. It, and Let me tell you about my deal. It starts with Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Okay, Monty, what else are we talking here? <laughs> well, I mean, Herder, Davion, uh, some picks, whatever. But let me let me tell you about Harrison Barnes. He's he's got it. He's got some hardware. He's won a ring. Yes. So seventeen million. We're getting close. We're halfway there. Yeah. If I throw in Harrison, we're halfway to the thirty million that we need to t- to suck up the Pascal Siakam contract. I get it. There's there's math to it. There's like you say one thing about HB. No one, no one can argue about how pivotal he's been to Sacramento off the floor. And I'm pretty sure on in, inside the locker room, the things that we don't get to see, a Absolutely. lot of times we're not privy and we Absolutely. don't have a conversation. But the one thing is, is I will be, listen, I will be shorten, shortening the Kings fans and all the listeners. If I don't keep it real, Whitey, it's not correlating to on the field. I mean, on the on the court. It's not. Point blank, period. And that's the one thing that I say all the time. That's cool. Because how many times do we have the argument of the job Morant's, or the, uh, the Bridges, or guys who have the talent and do things on the court, and they're not even able to Kevin Porter Jr. And we can't even see the things that they, you know, the greatness or the, you know, what they bring to the court because they can't get it together off the court. Yeah. I, it matters. Mm-hmm. But. We're at a point, too, I need to see something that I'm paying you to also perform. The performance is not there. I don't want to go to a Broadway show and then hear about all the – I don't want the credits just to roll for two hours. No, I want to see a performance, too. Mm -hmm. Here's what's really important about this, I think. Ultimately, it may not matter because if nothing happens, nothing happens. But I know some people have been saying, oh, the Kings backed out because uh, Siakam doesn't want to stay. But what Shams is saying is that the Kings backed out – and nothing happens unless Toronto comes back to them. If it were true that the Kings are not interested because Siakam is not going to resign with them, there's no way Toronto would reignite it. So it sounds to me like the Kings have the framework of an offer out there. Toronto said, yeah, that's not going to do it. The Kings said, well, that's our best offer. And then Toronto is going to see what else they have and may come back to the Kings. So it doesn't sound to me like the Kings, based on what Sham said, doesn't sound like the Kings talked to Siakam. He's not interested. We're out. Because I had to know going into this, there was a good chance he wasn't going to resign. 
Yeah, you talk to the agent quick, fast, and hurry. Yeah. Is he even interested in being on the West Coast, California, Sacramento, facing the taxes? Does he like De'Aaron? Does he see himself in here with Domas? Like, you, oh, yeah, you got to have those conversations. Absolutely. Yeah, but I would think you would know that pretty early on. Oh, uh, we got to take quick time out. When we come back, we'll focus on the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, they lost yesterday, but that's all right. Playoffs are looming. Eric Crocker from Locked On Niners, former NFL defensive back, joins us with a look at what the 49ers' biggest concern is with the postseason approaching. Next year with the Drive Guys. Yesterday I was at the Kings game, so, you know, keeping track of the 49ers as best as I could. And then today before I came to work, I was watching that game. You know what, Jay? Sam Darnold looked pretty good yesterday. Don't even start, man. Don't even <laughs> start, Whitey. I'm just saying, didn't Don't he? Don't even start. Did he not? He looked all right to the second half. He couldn't move the ball at all in the second half. Uh, nice enough to join us with more on the Niners from the outstanding Locked On 49ers daily podcast, former NFL defensive back Eric Crocker. Eric, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> Did, didn't Sam Darnold look pretty good yesterday? Hey, look, man, when he had the other starters with him, obviously excluding uh, George Kittle, didn't have Christian McCaffrey. But when he had Debo, when he had Ayuk out there and Trent Williams, all we saw was touchdowns going on the board. So, uh, you know, I, I agree, Eric, you going to entertain that, man? <laughs> it's true. Don't entertain he, it. So right now, Brock Purdy, who's he's doing a great job. But he got the allegations on him that, hey, man, anybody could play in the system. And people wanted to see, well, what would Brock look like? And when he had the guys out, I mean, not Brock, excuse me, Sam Darnold. But when he had the guys out there, he scored two touchdowns. So that's all I know, two touchdowns, two drives with the guys. And uh, that, it was fun to see. It was cool to see. Yeah. Although, in all, in all honesty, of course, and you know this a lot better than, than I, I do, I mean, the Rams pretty much just sat there in that 4-3, right? He didn't see a lot of exotic uh, coverages did Sam Darnold yesterday. Well, they, they might be anticipating seeing the 49ers yeah. in the divisional rounds. So, uh, you, you you know, you're like, all right, let, let's not show them too much. <laughs> let's not tip our hand. They already know us very well. But if you have some kind of game plan that you might, you know, think you have to do in the postseason, yeah. let's hold off on that. Let's be real vanilla. Uh, let's get Puka Nakua his record and then get out of here. And somehow they escape with a win with uh, turning Carson Winston to Cam Newton. <laughs> Joined by Eric Crocker, host of Locked On Podcast with 49ers. Eric, let's start right there real fast. Is I, as, as a 49er fan, did not – want to see the Rams win. And the reason why is, I'm, I'm saying it right here, right now, I think the Rams, of all the teams in the in the NFC, scare me the most wow. because they're familiar with the 49ers. And I wanted them to play the Cowboys to have a more difficult situation, a more difficult path to play the 49ers. Tell me why I should be wrong and not be worried about the Rams. Well, I think you're right. But I think for me it's more so about who's that quarterback for them. And anytime you play a quarterback that is a veteran, he understands how to win. He understands how to play winning football. We watched him win the Super Bowl, you know, a couple of years ago. And, you know, starting to get healthy, you know, early in the year, they play a lot of games without guys like Kyron Williams, who ran for over 1,000 yards. They play a lot of games without guys like Cooper Cup. Now all of a sudden you have those guys and they're healthy with Matthew Stafford. And then, you know, obviously the offense being able to help a guy like, uh, you know, Aaron Donald a little bit more. I think for them, that's a recipe for success. And then I also think about just who's coaching them. Like Sean McVay has been a really good coach in the NFL. And I think because of the start to the season, people kind of counted them out. But now they stormed back. They're getting healthy. I think they are a very dangerous team. And I, I feel the posts of that on social media. A lot of 49 fans are like, oh, here come the Rams. And people want to downplay it. 
but they are a scary team. Maybe one of the scarier teams outside of 49ers entering the postseason. Catching up with Eric Crocker, former defensive back, a host of the Lockdown 49ers podcast. Other than injury, which I know is always at the top of the list for the 49ers and pretty much every team, but other than injury, what do you think the 49ers' biggest concerns are right now? And do we have to put uh, Money Moody on that list after the day he had yesterday? Uh, we'll, we'll see with Money Moody, and, and we might have to remove the the money part in his nickname and just call him Moody by his last name. He has to show you that, hey, man, you know, it can't come down to him making or missing a kick for you to win or lose a game. And unfortunately, especially in you know in the in the postseason, games get really tight, mm-hmm. and it might come down to that. So uh, we probably don't have the same type of confidence in him that we had in Robbie Gold when he stepped on the field, missing zero field goal attempts in the postseason. But I'd say outside of Money Moody, who hopefully doesn't come down to him having to kick a field goal and win the game or not lose the game, I think it's the turnovers. But when you look at the 49ers and the games that they've lost, that's really what it comes down to. I'd say most coaches will tell you you got to win a turnover battle and you got to win you know, two out of three phases of the game. But for the 49ers, that has really been their Achilles heel. In games where they've lost, they've just turned the ball over uh, especially late in games. I know the Ravens game, they started out turning the ball over, but it's just turning the ball over at an alarming rate, and that's the only way I feel like they'll lose the game. So if they can take care of the the turnovers and, and not you know get tight in those type of situations and play well, I think they're fine. They're going to be extremely difficult to beat. But unfortunately, in games that have been a little tighter, the the – was it the Cleveland Browns game? Mm-hmm. They turned the ball over a little too much. The Minnesota, Minnesota Vikings game, yeah. two interceptions on the last two drives. The Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals game, yeah. three turnovers in the second half. You know that's that's extremely difficult. So obviously take care of the ball, but the the the, the penalties. I mean, not excuse me, the, the turnovers. That would be the only way I see somebody beating the Forty ers Eric, there uh, we saw Clean Farrell leave the game last yesterday on the cart, and it sounds like from what everything we've heard that he did not tear anything, and it may be one of those things where he's off a week or two. Do you think there's any opportunity we see him in the uh, two weeks from now? Uh, you know, I think with the 49ers, they have a solid amount of depth on the defensive line, so I don't think they have to rush anybody back, especially Cleveland Farrell. He's a guy that does multiple things for them because he can rush outside. They can do some things where they slide him inside as well. Uh, but, you know, you do have other edge rushers, obviously trading for uh, Chase Young, getting him in the middle of the year. You know, you have Randy Gregory, you traded for him. And I know Randy Gregory and maybe even Chase Young maybe haven't had the impact on the field in the sense of sacks. But when you talk about just having a rotation of guys to keep guys fresh and keep them coming on the field, I think you, you have to like where you're at and maybe they can hold off until a guy like Farrell, who is more depth on that defensive line, gets healthy. Eric Crocker with us from the Locked On 49ers pod. Eric, what in the world happened to the Philadelphia Eagles? You know, I think that's the, the, the big question everybody's wondering. But, you know, you kind of looked into last year, and I remember I was listening to uh, Colin Cowherd, and he started talking about, like, all those close wins they had. And last year, you looked at the Minnesota Vikings that way. What happened to them? They got bounced out the playoffs right away well this year the Philadelphia Eagles they were able to win all those close games and I think because of last year we were like man they're starting off their 10 and one man this is a super battle tested team but the moment they got that haymaker from the 49ers it's almost like they just weren't able to recover they lost the next 
two games after losing to the 49ers, and they just kind of lost their mojo. You see how they're talking to the media? It's almost like they're trying to convince themselves that they're the same team, but clearly they're not, and they're not able to figure it out. And now you got to bang up A.J. Brown. We'll see if he comes back for the uh, wild-card round game. But they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and, and I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just this hot team that you know you just won't lose or can't lose. But I will say, uh, right now, there's no game that's a given for the Philadelphia Eagles. they got to go on the road. They just haven't played well. Their quarterback is kind of being hampered a little bit by a knee injury. What is he going to look like? He didn't play well yesterday. Just Their run game has been super inconsistent after a hot start early to this year with Swift. They start to try to get game well going. But it's been all over the place, no consistency anywhere. And their defense has been really bad over the last two months. So really tough going for the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't feel bad for them at all. I hope they keep losing. <laughs> That's right. I love where you're coming with it. Eric, you, you're a former DB yourself. And as playing that position, we look at the 49ers, and they've kind of been banged up in the last couple of weeks, especially with Jair Brown sitting and seeing Logan Ryan jump in there. Do you expect those guys to be at their peak here coming up in a couple of weeks? And you see Ambry on the outside with Jair Brown. Is that what we're looking at? You know, I, I hope so, man. First, I want to start by giving Diamador Lenore his flowers because, you know, a guy who he came into this season is like, okay, he's going to play outside corner. And then you have some up-and-down play from Isaiah Oliver, who you had pegged in as your starting nickel guy. He was up-and-down. We saw him playing in that preseason game against the Raiders, and it was like, well, why is he the only starter playing? Well, apparently he just wasn't starting. They, they had already kind of benched him in that nickel spot. So Lenore had to slide inside, had to play there, and then Ambry Thomas wasn't playing well. So then they put Diamond uh, Lenore back outside. He's been a utility guy who has really played well no matter where they put him. And obviously in the slot, you, you'll give a play here and there. He gave up a deep ball to uh, Terry McLaurin in, in that game. But overall, I think he has played exceptionally well. And he's been a really key piece for the 49ers, holding the secondary together. You know, outside of him, you look at the other guys, uh, a lot of it is helped with uh, Traveris Ward. You know, guys have kind of been able to kind of get behind him a little bit, but it's been overshadowed by his ability to make plays and be consistent with that. So he's doing very well. And then Amory Thomas, you talked about him, a little banged up, had to have surgery, I believe, on his hand. Hopefully that recovers fast because you want all hands on deck when the postseason starts. Uh, if you haven't checked it out already, we recommend Locked On 49ers Pod. It's excellent. Eric Crocker, thanks for your time. It's been too long. We appreciate it. Hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks, Eric. All right. Anytime, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. How about those Philadelphia Eagles, huh? Uh, we'll take a timeout here when we come right back. And we are, speaking of the Eagles, we are expecting to hear from Drapes at some point here. Uh, the Eagles did get some good news today, but does it even matter? Next year, uh, we got Jay in for Drapes today. Drive guys on Sacktown Sports. Yeah, as we get ready for the national championship game featuring one of the most, I don't know, fascinating characters in all of Bay Area football history, Jim Harbaugh, who may be on his way back to the NFL. Whether Michigan beats Washington or not, go Washington. I'm telling you, Jay, this is a great way uh, to usher uh, the Pac-12 into the into the history? nether world, right? Finality? Into history. Yes, yes. This would be yeah, it great. Would, it would be, but I mean, all. I got no love for the Pac-12. They let me down, man. Well, they didn't recruit you? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I was recruited by Pac-12. But, and honestly, when I look back at it, I probably should have went to a Pac-10 school at the time. But yeah. uh, they just, man, they put their own foot in their mouth. Uh-huh. You know, Larry, it started with Larry Scott, former commissioner. Yeah. 
they just didn't do a good job of keeping the West Coast tied down, you know, when it comes to sports. And now you got all these L.A. schools going to play big, you know, in the Big Ten and Washington following them and, you know, half the schools going to the Big 12. And, I mean, don't go. Don't. Dang, why do you? Here we go. All right. That could all be true, but I still want Washington to win. And by all the right. way, I honestly, I can remember when it was the Pac-8. Eight? Yeah. I know it used to be the Pac-6. I don't remember nah, that. before, way it, before my time. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, Coach Harbaugh, maybe back in the NFL. His time with the 49ers, I think obviously. it is. It's a given. Yeah. I think it's a given. Mm-hmm. I would like to see the world respond to an Harbaugh championship and then figuring out, as he said, well, I'll talk about it next week, which already lets me know is he's going to the NFL. And I'm pretty sure he knows where he's going. He's Don Yee, his agent, his new agent, has definitely had conversations. Pretty sure the contract's on the paper. Right. You know, ready to go. Ink isn't yeah. dry. They're just waiting on yeah, Harbaugh so to how sign How much it. you want? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll get you, I can get you more than that. Yeah. Just, you know, you know we got to play the game a little bit here mm-hmm. between the Chargers and Raiders, but we'll get you where you want to go. Ooh. Are you, you know, speaking of head coaches, it's Black Monday, mm. and we've only seen two go. Uh, Arthur Smith and uh, Coach uh, Washington. Uh, Ron Rivera. Ron, the, the great gambler, Ron Rivera. The riverboat gambler. From Cal, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, we've seen, you know, a few of them already be dismissed in Carolina and in uh, Sandy, or Los Angeles. So th- I think it's five openings, right? We have Washington, Carolina, L.A., Las Vegas. I'm missing one, right? Th- I'm missing somebody? Yes, I think you are. I feel like I'm missing someone who's already been let go. Yeah. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, Atlanta. There you go. Five. Mm-hmm. What Pretty sure Harbaugh's getting a phone call for all five. Yeah. Have you been Have you been surprised that we haven't seen one or two be let go more? Well, there's a lot of those guys that just are recent hires. You know, like I'm. You know, and and some of them have done a decent job. Yeah, like look at the game between the Colts and the and Houston. Mm-hmm. And you had two rookie head coaches, coaches. right? And yep. they both did a great job. Yeah, they so, did. Yeah. Right there. Dayball did uh-huh. okay last year with the Giants. So yeah. he probably got a, you know, Daniel Jones a wash. Salah's still getting one more, sounds like, because of the Aaron Rodgers situation. You know who could be on their way out, depending on what happens with Drape's team, Nick Sirianni. Nah, they're not letting him go. Somebody's gonna go pay to the, the price Super for Bowl that. and then come back, go to the playoffs. Yeah, lose. but it's a disaster. They've they've they're talking about it there in Philly. That doesn't mean anything That's will happen. That's but what it's happens. being thrown around. Um, yeah. They got some good news today because it looks like Jalen Hurts' finger, which popped out a middle finger on his right hand, popped out yesterday, and he said, "Yeah, it's never happened before." So then Mariota had to come in, but Jalen Hurts' finger is not fractured. But you know they have to play. A week from tonight, mm-hmm. their wild card game is Monday night. Yep. So if they win, they got a short week. Yeah, I know. That's it's, disrespectful to an NFC champion. It is, but you know what? Well, they didn't win an NFC championship. Well, the East, but you mean last year? Last NFC. year. Okay, yeah. got you. Yeah. I, I would love for Tampa to win. I'd love for the Dallas to win. And I'd love for Detroit. Tampa, come on over. You're scared of the Rams, aren't I'm you? not scared of the Rams. I just think the familiarity of what's going on with Big Vay, Shanahan, Rams history, you know, whatever. I I've been on record. I think the only the only way the Niners lose is if they're injured. Someone gets injured. I think if they're hundred percent healthy and they're not, but if they're hundred percent healthy in the fact of the guys that they have going from what we can see here on out, I think they won a Super Bowl. They should. They really should. And if they don't, 
then that that's a that's a them thing for sure. Or a Ravens thing. That's the only team if they're healthy. <sighs> Yeah, I mean the Ravens. The Ravens beat them, but as Eric t- talked about last segment, they had two or three balls go up in the air. Like how many times you see the ball just go straight up in the air no, and an interception? Know. Most of the time, those things hit the ground. You might give one, but th- three, like nah. Mm-hmm. You know, the first one was egregious. The first one was the it was one. A terrible it throw. was a terrible throw. Right. Absolutely. But even if they score there, the game is already different. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, what did you think of uh, what happened yesterday at the end of the game between the Saints? And the Falcons and Arthur Smith, before he got fired, he was furious at Dennis Allen because at the end of the game, the Saints were way ahead. They come out victory formation, and then they have Jamal Williams run the ball for a touchdown. Yeah, I think it's a Jameis Winston thing. I think from everything that we know, Jameis and Jameis said that he and the players, meaning everyone that was on the field, they came to a you know a, a, they pulled straws and everybody said you know what let's go ahead and get Jamal or excuse me Jay Will his uh, his t- first touchdown of the season and they went ahead and did that. I think it's a Jameis and the, the team situation. I don't think it's so much on Dennis Allen. I think he's because but he's the head it look coach. Bad. It does. It does. It really does. And I, I've heard so many different people say. You know, he's lost the locker room and they don't respect him. And yeah, I can agree with all of those things. I, I get it. But I think it's a lot on the players, and the players are kind of navigating through the fire and not taking the heat. And Jameis is taking a little bit because he's the quarterback. But it sounds like from everything that I've heard, he wasn't the only one. You know, the other people in the huddle was like, no, forget that. Let's let's get him a, a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably more an indictment on Dennis Allen, and at the same time, the players just doing what they want. And they knew, you know, the season was pretty much over. They were playing for something, but, you know, season was over. Yeah, but once you go, we're in victory formation, guys. Relax. Ha ha! Got you! That, to me, is like, that's really bad. It's cold blood. Yeah. It is. That's, I mean, if you're going to line up, like, hey, we're going to run a play here. At least do that. It's not so much the running up to score, mm. which is a bad look as it is. Victory formation. When you're telling everybody, we're just going to kneel. And then, oh, we tricked you. Yeah. That's bad. And yeah. As far as a quarterback saying, well, that's what everyone wanted to do. Hey, I, you know, I played Pop Warner. I know sometimes players want to run a different play. Better believe say, it. Hey, we're not running that play, guys. We're, we're running not. the play that came in. Really? Well, it depends what the play is. No, 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 man. I've been part of teams where it's like, man, forget what Coach said. We ain't doing that. Let's yeah. do what we do. Uh-huh. Let's do it right now, especially if you're blowing somebody out or whatever. Because all that's going to happen is is. You know, you might get screamed at, or what's going on? What's, what, you going to pull me out? We're blowing them out. No worries. Yeah. Pull me out, please, anyway. I'm tired of playing. Yeah, I, like, don't, I don't care, man. Our coaches were the Del Rosario brothers. I didn't want them You didn't want that smoke? Like, nope. We're running the play, guys. Nah, <laughs> see, Whitey, that's the problem, man. You are you're a company man. Yeah, but you don't know the Del Rosario brothers. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah, absolutely. I personally... <laughs> It, this it sounds terrible because it makes me sound as a poor sporter, you know, like I don't care about coaching or what. That's not what I'm saying. I think the player should get more of the weight that's happening than Dennis Allen. If Dennis Allen has lost the locker room or, you know, they don't respect him, I think they would have said that at this point because if that was the, a problem, he'll probably be gone. Right now, the fact that he's got his job at 543 Central Time – I'm not saying he's not, and I hope he doesn't because I don't want to see anyone lose their job. But I think that lets me know that he he, he didn't lose the locker room. I think the players kind of did just what you said. Pop Warner was like, you know what, well, let's get him a touchdown. Yeah. And they did it wrong. 
they did it wrong, and he's the one that's got to take the heat for it. My understanding is that he could keep his job if he agrees to like redo his staff. And to me, that's already you're already saying you're, you're really, really close here, yeah. really close. And then on top of that, if that happened, I'm with you. I, I hope I don't want to see someone lose his job, but he should resign. That's what mm. I'm saying. Yeah. Along with all the players then, too, that were on the field. What do you think of Shannon Sharp? I would cut Cut him. Mm, that's that's, that's <laughs> he was serious. I know, man. It. I get the fact that what he's saying, what they could have probably did is look, hey, fellas, other team, Falcons, we want to get Jay Will a touchdown. I know we took a knee. Please don't be mad. We wanted to get, you know, a bonus, whatever they were – searching for, for Jay will to get the, the, the touchdown. What's wrong with saying that? I don't think they did it. Hence why, you know, yeah. no one went over to the Falcon sideline, told Coach right. Smith or former Coach Smith. You know, you, you got to be vocal. You just can't do it out of victory formation. That's that's cheap. Yeah, that, that is a cold really part. Cheap. It's cold. I can't defend that. Yeah. When we come back, is the other Nike about to drop for your Kings next? Jay's in for drapes today. Drive guys, Sacktown Sports. Yeah, I got my request in. Haven't heard it yet, but uh, open to hear at some point Ohio players love roller coaster because that's what we've been on as Kings fans. It was a week ago. Kyle Draper from the arena was telling us, hey, you know, it's time to get off the roller coaster. And he meant it. He was sincere. I'll tell you, he was back on the roller coaster yesterday. I don't know if you saw Drapes, NBC Sports California. He was not happy. Well, with the way the Kings played yesterday against the Pelicans, uh, Drapes is on the road with the Kings today. He should be joining us. Um, before we're done today, we've got Jay in for him. And we got a question here, Jay, on the YouTube chat. Whitey and JJ, do you guys think Fox is injured? Seems to be off. Hasn't been looking like himself the past few games. Uh, there has to be something wrong, right? That's from Manny to legit. And I know you played the audio a little bit ago. Coach was asked about that yesterday. He said he looks he looks okay to me. You may want to ask him, but he looks okay to me. Yeah, I don't think he's injured. I think he's okay. Just, you know, sometimes you don't can't put together a few good games. It happens, mm-hmm. you know, especially when you are the number one scout on the op, uh, the, yeah. the opposing team, you know, they're looking for it. And that's the, that's the next step, the next, uh, you know, growth for De'Aaron is, is making sure that, you know, one thing I've, I've realized and I've heard and people have told me, and I'll never forget this, I was told this by a player in the NBA a, a while ago, Stars are stars, of course, for the natural things, but because they can pencil in exactly just about what we know we're going to get from you every single night. It's habitual. Some of the guys, they're six men, eight men, you know, into the number five starter. Sometimes we don't know what we're going to get from you. They're very, they're roller coasters, as you talked about. And I think for De'Aaron, he has reached a level, Whitey, where – he his stardom is the last step of it is is every the guarantee of we know he's going to give us 25 10 and 4 and i think that's his last part on top of making everyone around him better once those two things happen if they ever do i think we will we'll be talking about it. and it, it doesn't happen for everybody but i think we'll be talking about a top 10 player in the league yeah, yeah, that's one of the things that went wrong for the Kings yesterday, as Coach alluded to after the game. You had Keegan Murray, Duarte, and Fox combined to make only three more field goals than Zion Williamson, who did not play. 
Uh, it's also interesting to me that De'Aaron Fox has started struggling with his shot for about a week, and it was a week ago that Michael Pina wrote the piece in uh, in the Ringer about how Darren Fox's numbers are off the chart. I don't know. Sometimes you know it's the worst thing you can be is aware of how well you're playing. Like wow, I am. I I don't know if that had anything to do with it. And then you have a Pelicans team that's very physical and knows how to defend him. So he's had a rough uh, homestand here. Darren Fox one for ten yesterday for just Oof. three points. So uh, the Kings are still hanging in there. Uh, they're playing well as at least their record is uh, competitive in the conference. I meant to say I haven't played well this week, but is the other Nike about to drop? They play 12 of their next 14 on the road, Jay. Mm. Last mm. year, they were excellent on the road this year. Again, we say we don't know what they are. I think we do know what they are. They are a very poor defensive team and that makes them prone to lots of ups and downs. So I think it's imperative if they want to be a team that's, Series about competing this year. They're going to have to try to find a way to make some kind of deal. Siakam, who I don't know, they have to do something. You're this looking team for is the talent. Yeah. You're looking for something to be something else to be to brought in, shake up the uh, yeah. shake up the team. I mm-hmm. got you. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, well, they're in Detroit, so let's start there. I I think we're on the same <laughs> the same level here, Whitey. Charlotte uh, was that Monday. Mm-hmm. to me, was the same as Detroit. You had no business losing to Charlotte. I don't care. Like, that was the worst loss of the year for me. You don't lose to Charlotte at home, beginning of a four-game homestand. They were missing their best player to me, down some other players. No way, no how. You got Detroit, you got Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you this. If they lose one of those two games, yeah, I will start to be – I'll start to say, okay, listen – they're they're devoid of a little more than what I even thought. It's worse than you thought. Yes. No way, no how you lose those two games. You said yeah. if they lose one of them. One right? of those, yeah. yeah. But you shouldn't lose one of those games. Right. You got Philly. I expect them to lose that. You got Milwaukee after mm-hmm. that. That's I expect tough. them to lose that. You have Phoenix. That's a coin flip. I You know, I don't know where that goes. Then you got to kick right back to Indiana. They're playing well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're hot. They're young, you know. Atlanta, you got to go get that. Golden State, I'll let you call that one. They're struggling too. <laughs> we don't. They don't know what they are right now either. Yeah, but they play the Kings so well. And Draymond's back. Isn't that great? I know, man. Draymond's uh, not even really back yet, and I'm sick of him already. Uh, come on, man. Then you have Dallas. What? Dallas, Memphis, Miami, back to Indiana, Chicago, Cleveland. So, I mean. You know, you got the Indiana and the Hawks back here, right? Mm-hmm. If you really take those two out and you kind of look at I mean, let's go down. You got Detroit, win or loss. Yeah, you should beat the Pistons. I, I didn't say that. I said, do you got a win or uh, loss? Yeah, you Okay, win, that's win, a win. win. We, Charlotte? <sighs> yeah, I win. Okay, so we got them 2-0. and oh. Philadelphia? No. Okay. Milwaukee? No. So 2-2 two and two going into Phoenix? I have to wait and see which team – which how they're playing at that point. Coin flipper right now. They play very well. They play very well against the Suns, but after what I saw yesterday, no. Okay, I'm going to say two and three. I think they go on a three-game losing streak, and I hope Sacramento doesn't fall apart. I think they come here and beat Indiana because they home cooking, and then I think they beat the Hawks. Darren Fox have a good game against Indiana. He better. Because if he doesn't, we know what's coming from the national media. Yeah, he better come out and put up forty almost. He knows it, and he, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have them 
five and three, you have them what? You you don't want to call the Phoenix game. Next eight. No, I get. I said that's a loss. Okay, law. Yeah. Okay, so you have them three and four. Then you have them Indiana. That's here. Here, sixteenth. I I don't know. I mean, I'm not dodging your question, but I have to see how they how they write the ship. I'm from just trying yesterday. to go next ten. Where are you yeah. going, Whitey? Yeah, sure, they'll win at home. They'll okay, so you got them 500 again, heading into Atlanta here, uh-huh. home. You, you got them beating the Hawks? Yeah. Okay, then you have them Golden State, Dallas, Memphis, Miami. They head back on the road, Indiana, Chicago, Cleveland. Uh, they will beat Memphis. Golden State in Golden will... State? No. Dallas in Dallas? Nope. Miami in Miami? Nope. Oof, Pacers at Pacers? Nope. Ooh, so I'm you're down t- on them right now. So you're, I see. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, the other you, shoe's you, about to drop. Ooh-wee. So you're telling me you have them 500 going into Indiana, Atlanta here. So they're going to go four and four, mm-hmm. and then heading on the road, you have them just about losing. You got them at Chicago, right? You got them at Cleveland, or no? Yeah, your name. Oh, they'll lose to Cleveland. They'll lose to Cleveland. They'll beat Detroit, Denver. That's tough, man. You you basically have them going 500 the next 10 games, so give or take a game, and then you have them losing like four straight. Yeah, Golden they, State, Dallas. Mm-hmm. You have them beat Memphis, so they'll sneak that out. No Miami, no no Pacers. Mm-hmm. Back in Chicago, yes, and then leaving Cleveland. So there, you have them in the next 12, 13, they're probably going to go – Five and seven, five and eight. It could be worse than that. They're in tr- this is a very vulnerable time for this team after this. this That's why you have stand. the other shoe dropping. Yes, this homestand went badly, right? It's easy to say, oh, you know, you can whistle through the graveyard. Hey, two and two in the Orlando, that was a great win. But two and two with some bad losses in there. I'm not going to say it could have very easily been worse, but they were fortunate to be two and two. So I'm concerned Oof. when the coach is saying, I apologize to everyone who spent money to watch this play. I'm concerned, very concerned. How about this? This is from Brian. Brian, thank you uh, for listening. I honestly think there may be a trade involved, and Fox's emotions are getting to him. Uh, it's an interesting theory. I don't, mm. I don't, I don't think so. Well, trade hadn't happened. If you, I assume you're talking about a trade involving him. No, I mean, if you're, yeah, that that wouldn't happen. Yeah, De'Aaron's not on nobody's. Now, if block. you're saying that he knows they're going to make a deal and he's not happy about it, I. I'm, Maybe. Mm. I, I can't imagine they'd make a trade without him being on board with it right now. That'd be tricky. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> I don't think that's it, but it's I, an yeah, interesting I, Yeah, I, I don't see why he would be playing bad in the form of knowing a trade is coming and just all of a sudden you're soaking in, oh, you know, we're getting ready to make a trade. No, we're trying to get better here. Mm-hmm. And understandably, I think De'Aaron understands this is a business. I I I know he understands this is a business because he just turned down two years for $125 million knowing right. he's going to make more money in the next couple of years. Right. He knows it's a business. See, that's what's got to really stink for him, the way he struggled here, is because he's got to make all league to have a chance to make the most money. Correct. Yeah, and he, then he's, he's been on he's, track with that. He's there, though. Yeah. I mean, right now, he's top. He's an all-league guy. I know, he's but he the scored three points scoring. yesterday. Well, I mean, I can't argue that, and I'm not trying to defend that either. Uh-huh. I get I'm it. just saying it's got to be, you know, um, it's admirable the way he's betting on himself. And, of course, he's going to make a ton of money. Anyway. Yes, either yeah. way. Uh, we have from Compio, Monk gets traded, close-up shop. So one of the things 
uh, that think... was being thrown around is that Monk's name came up in the Toronto talks and that that was one of the things that shut things down. I don't know if that's true, but the Kings are not going to trade. Monk. Yeah, I don't think Monk. I think Monk is one of the four on this team who's untouchable. I truly think Keegan Murray's touchable before Malik Monk. I think you have a better opportunity to picking up the phone to call Monty and get him to budge on Keegan Murray than you have Malik Monk. What kind of offer would you have to make, I mean, to get Keegan from the Kings? Because he's young, under club control, they've got a lot invested in, blah, blah, blah. I mean, for where they are, it's hard to find someone who's a better value. Well, I I presented a couple names to you. I know, but those are, you know, so theoretical. Yeah, very true. But theoretical starts, you know, that starts the conversation. You have to pick up the phone and be real with yourself and understanding that, look, Keegan... And by all means, I, I'm hoping Keegan turns into the scorer and the person and the player and the all-star that the Kings expected when they drafted him. I think he has great upside. I'm not sure Keegan ever turns into an, you know, a multiple five, six-time all-star, you know, guy who's gonna put up 22 and be the second guy on a on a championship team. I'm not sure. And I think that's what the Kings are hoping and betting and wishing and praying on. And then they might even need that. Yeah, Some they that absolutely need it. Yeah, we got to take a quick timeout when we come back. Uh, the booze yesterday, were they warranted? Somebody told me something very interesting about the booze yesterday. Share that with you when we come right back. Drive Guys, Sacktown Sports.